everyone, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities Presents Hometown Haunts. I'm your host, Kat Cloco, and tonight with me, I have Christina Wald and Jen Kohler. And Merry Yule, everyone. I hope you got to go see the Christmas star. And also for your Witcher fans, toss a coin to your Witcher because it is <laughs> the conjunction of the severe, <laughs> severes spheres i can't hear anything in these headphones um so yeah there's my nerd nerd card played right out at the beginning um hope everyone's doing well merry christmas happy hanukkah last week and just wanting to let you know that you can follow us at sin cabinet curio on twitter cincy cabinet of curiosities on instagram and cincy curiosities at gmail.com we're also an official podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Find us on iTunes at Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. Please rate and review us. And here on YouTube, if you want to see the actual video of us recording this, um, please like and subscribe so other spooky lovers can find us just like you. There's more links in the show notes. So, good week for everyone so far? It's, it's, so far. It's, 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 yeah, it's okay. It's only Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's only Monday. So it's only Monday. Things yeah. can't go too south, right? No. <laughs> one, one can hope because it's the conjunction of the Saphirs and and uh, I know in the Witcher tales that brought in a whole bunch of baddies, but I don't think you guys play Witcher. So does that have anything to, to do with the TV show? Um, it is what the TV show is based off of okay there is hmm? it's a book too right it's a book series it's a polish book series it's it's it started as a number of short stories and then they grew it to include full-length prose fiction and the netflix series is directly based off of the polish series that directly from the books so their interpretations are a little bit different than if you played the games which actually really made the series much more internationally known so yeah i have which the witcher game series is one of my favorites so um yeah do you ever play on twitch no you don't ever record yourself i i've been meaning to watch the show because there's so much buzz about it it might be a good replacement for supernatural now that that's is the finale it's a wonderful happened. replacement for game of thrones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i watched it, the show i would like to read the books yeah, yeah. go read the books they're fun um yeah. go watch the show it's fantastic henry cavill mm-hmm. is born to play the witcher Geralt of Rivia he has all the voice work down now that it's a difficult voice work no but he sounds exactly like him and looks exactly like him so and and, he's you know naked a lot so that helps that does ironically I was going to give kudos to the costume department for making such unique new fantasy Mm -hmm. wardrobes and the way that they Mm -hmm. Um, use geometric shapes weaving stuff within the mm-hmm. clothes kind of funny how we went two very different directions <laughs> i mean i noticed that stuff too but i mean the first thing is him shirtless i mean come on <laughs> i'm sorry i'm single 
No, I think that that's a legitimate um, reason to watch the show. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So Cat likes and the costume I, I department, and Jen looks. She she I watches didn't... it for story. Oh yeah. If you have not noticed, I have a cutout of Thor on my wall that was given to me by one of my brother's girlfriends one year for Christmas, Aww. and it's from a cardboard display in Kroger when Thor or Avengers or something. And it's been hanging up there for years. Nice. Oh, so it's a Hemsworth <laughs> Thor, not a Kirby Thor. Okay, you want to see? Where is he? Wrong way. Nope. It's hard, it's hard <laughs> the way that these... Uh, Live, everyone! Feel free to cut that out, because that uh, probably is going to make you puke. No, no. That makes it more fun. <laughs> yes, but he wa he's watching over us. <laughs> it's, it's good to have a guardian god. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, this is what brought up the Witcher in conversation, at least with Mike and I today. It is, um, oh man, the Wild Hunt starts tonight in Norse Ooh. mythology. And the Witcher, the Wild Hunt, or Witcher mm -hmm. 3, is how we brought it up. And we're just like, oh yeah, it's the Wild Hunt. It's totally tonight. And we have the Christmas star and the conjunction of the Saphirs. And the two of us were just completely nerding out about it mm -hmm. on the way home. Which speaks just the weird thing that I did tonight was went out with our telescope and saw the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. Which we'll oh, post cool. a picture. You posted some. Yeah. We'll share those Terribly with everybody. grainy photos in the dark park. Um, so we took out our telescope, which is just a very standard telescope. We could look through it and see Jupiter's moons and Saturn's rings and it was really cool uh we were also yeah. teaching other people how to find it in the sky it was moving pretty fast setting but where we were we were in alt park in cincinnati and when we were there it was clear out so we were guiding people as to how to see it and because a lot of people were looking due south and they're like we don't see anything we see a lot of mist and we can see the moon but i'm like yeah, let's you gotta turn turn you a little bit <laughs> look up about 20 degrees and boom there it is <laughs> so uh as, as a way to support the local comics community we've decided to feature a comic each week so if you want to be Ooh. featured please do email us or contact us on social media and do you want to tell us about the comic feature today cat Yes, this one we're really excited about. We're featuring our friend Jay and Dylan's series, Mest. And Jay and Dylan did the first, we're in the first installment of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. They did the wonderful chapter on the mermaids of the Ohio River. But their main work is Mest. So J.P. Kalagayan and Dylan Spieg will release the next installment of their underground success, Mest Season 3, Boots On!, uh, fans will be able to binge the latest from this critically acclaimed series with the digital issues becoming available December 9th. So they're already available for you to read. Uh, Mess gives us a creative look into the weird wet underground of the sewer system with a strong, likable lead and fun science fiction embellishment. So that's what Outright Geekery wrote about Mess. Uh, shall I keep going with the uh, release? 
um you know i think i think that's probably enough we'll show some pictures and um you know it's a really season three looks really good uh, they have some new characters that they've been kind of teasing on social media and they have a inside cover by david mack that looks amazing and mm-hmm. jay has posted um some process shots of that and so it's there's a lot of exciting stuff in the issues um i just got my email so i'm looking forward into digging that into that um, but everybody will put the information and links for you to read your own. Uh, you can also, does he have everything up on Webtoons? Can you catch up on season one and two if you follow on Webtoons? Let me check my Webtoons app really quickly. Um, let's see. Oh, no, this is a terrible time for me to be logged out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me actually check the desktop real quick. Sorry. And and you'll have to check it out, Jen. There's like lots of okay. weird... Un- I like weird creatures and 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 creepy crawly animals under Ooh. in the in the sewer that she she's a sewer repair person that works for mm-hmm. msd which oh yes 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 we uh years ago or had to have been i was still in the newsroom at this point we i saw a press release on it um, yeah he's really good at there it is we did a story Sci-fi. we did a story on him because it's for um not four but it's is it based in cincinnati yes yeah so as of december 11th messed online webtoon where you can read it for free is up to looks like 10 episodes and i'm not exactly certain how many episodes there are but if you read the series it's flowers is the most recent and that went up december 11th 2020 yeah, so it's a great place to catch up on it. And then um, ordering the comics online is a great way to support local comic artists. So we'll do a um, feature each week. So great. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, it's, um, yeah, so they're at Mest Comics on Instagram. And I believe on Twitter as well. And if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you'll find them as well. Because we're big fans of theirs. Yes, definitely. So are we ready for weird things? We are, Christina. You want to go first? Okay. Well, um, this is a, this actually ties also into Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities because uh, Kat Von D just moved to VV, Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. She bought a pretty impressive house there. Um, obviously, I mean, it was an expensive house actually for Indiana, but I can't imagine what that would have cost in L.A., that expensive house for indiana well a million dollar house in indiana is probably you know unless you're in indianapolis i'm sure there there's probably many more multi-million dollar houses but even in cincinnati or cleveland or any of these midwest towns a house over a million dollars is not that common right no Mm -mm. and so what you can get in indiana is a palace compared to probably what you can get in la yeah yeah my brother lives in Salt Lake City and he's been trying to buy a house and he the they're having an issue with he'll put people will put in an offer and then at the last minute somebody comes in with cash and just totally obliterates everybody else because of the, they've got cash and it's because they have all this money because they live in California and they're looking to move out or and it's um more not more expensive more cost effective to move out of state because it's crazy expensive 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a huge kind of flight from California right now. Mm -hmm. um, and people are working remotely. So they're saying, well, why am I paying all this money when in LA you're, you can't even drive anywhere in normal circumstances because of gridlock and, and stuff like right. that. So uh, actually Troy's parents live in Western Kentucky uh, by a lake, um, by Lake Barkley. And actually the same thing's happening there. They're getting a bunch of people moving from California and New York buying and building houses there because you can get a lot of land and house for your money. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's an interesting side effect of COVID is people are saying, why pay all this money when we can live in, you know, palatial estate for the same amount we're paying now. Yeah. So, for a two bedroom house. <laughs> so hopefully yeah. she'll enjoy VV Indiana. Um, there's, I will post links. You can see her Instagram and see the house. Yeah. Um, it looks kind of like her style. <laughs> yeah, it's you get a lot of historic homes. When he showed me the article, I'm like, that makes sense. From what I know of Kat on D, she seems to be into really gothic stuff. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of neo-gothic structures down there or Victorian or uh, Regency period stuff. Um, because back at that time back in the 1880s that part of indiana was a boom town just like mm -hmm. cincinnati was and you had the merchants able to build these magnificent homes so let's just hope she preserves it and i didn't actually see the listing but it looks like a very nice kind of gothic estate yeah it looked really cool yeah. so maybe the next thing is it will turn out to be haunted and we'll report on that next <laughs> probably probably a lot of southern indiana is haunted that's true all right uh Kat. the mermaids will flop themselves into i know i know well that's an excuse for her to read our comic because it's like you know, you know local history <laughs> exactly exactly um, so yeah my i i have two stories um let me bop over to them one is from the ap and the other one is from channel 10 in massachusetts <laughs> so um basically this is just this past weekend so a mystery 10-foot pillar in germany was destroyed and it's one of those silver monoliths that have been popping up since november uh this was a mysterious three meter or 10-foot tall metal pillar that appeared in a field near a central german town of Schulzbach over the weekend has been reduced to scrap. Uh, German news agency DPA reports that the pillar, one of many of the monoliths that have shown up around the world uh, without explanation, was destroyed by unknown persons late on Tuesday. Coincidentally, this weekend in Quincy, Massachusetts, hello Quincy in the USS Salem, they had their own monolith appear. And according to uh, WJAR Channel 10 NBC in Quincy the monolith showed up on Saturday and it's from the Quincy Quarries Reservation and it was surrounded by concentric rings in snow reminiscent of crop circles and I love how delightfully uh, this one is displayed and also the wonderful how photogenic it is because you have all the graffiti behind it on this old quarry wall. So it does look like a wonderful, I'm going to say piece of modern art, which is what I highly suspect these are. 
Um, but I love how they put the crop circle in snow and you can just see all the thousands of footprints that people made these circles in. They did a very good job. So those that's the weird thing this week besides going out and looking for the Christmas star. Well, you know, I mean, this could be just a variation on the Festivus pool. Yeah, it could be that. <laughs> I mean, I think people have a lot of grievances this year. So yes. that would be kind of interesting if people just started putting up random Festivus pools instead of these monoliths. I mean, a pole is kind of a monolith. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just saying. <laughs> they, if people start dancing around it, run. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jen, what about yours? <laughs> Okay, so uh, I found this last night while looking at Facebook when I should have been asleep um, on IFL Science, which, uh-huh. okay, so the headline is, there's <laughs> we're a- not pronouncing what the F stands for. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, there's a good chance you've made out with a drowning victim from the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So this article is, it's a little bit long and it's very interesting. And um, there's a couple weird things. So this unknown woman was found in the Seine, River Seine. It's a river, right? Yes. Oh my God. I, people, I swear I'm not stupid, but there's a good <laughs> chance uh, you've kissed her directly on the mouth in a manner of speaking. In the late 1800s, the body of a young woman was discovered drowned in the River Seine in Paris. Nobody knows what happened to her, though at the time it's speculated to be suicide. More importantly, nobody at the time knew who she was either. Um, and what they did, because they didn't know who she was, they put her body on display in a window. Mm-hmm. So people could walk by and see if they knew her. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody ever identified her. So they buried her in a pauper's grave. And the uh, coroner was so taken with her beauty that he did a death mask on her. Mm-hmm. And uh, that mask went on to become um, this kind of artistic icon where artists would use them. Uh, they would replicate the mask and wear them but what is also fascinating is that her face is the basis of the cpr dummy Mm -hmm. and yeah Mm -hmm. there uh let me find it here um oh esmond i think esmond s ladrol ladrol sorry uh (laughs) <laughs> he his two-year-old son nearly drowned when in the mid 50 um blah, 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 blah. anyway because his son drowned he wanted to be or almost drowned wanted to be able to teach cpr to people and um with with the resuscitation method involving involving mouth to mouth and chest compressions and so he went to I'm sorry. (laughs) It was Dr. Peter Safer, Safar. So he went to uh, this guy, Leardol. Yeah, Leardol, I think is what it is. Leardol. To create the CPR dummy, and they used the mask of the 1800s drowning victim. So 
I don't know about modern, like how far it went because that was in the 50s. So I don't know how long her face stayed on the doll. The but I'm denim. feeling really creeped out now. I know that you've made out with a dead person because we've all taken those classes. Well, I just, I, it just feels like kind of a violation or something. Like the, the, that's just the, oh, the creepiest thing ever. Like, why would you pick that? <laughs> yeah. I think because of the popularity of it. There may so have strange. also, like, with with that mask, you know what? We should totally dedicate a show to this, just, or at least dedicate some more time to it and find out the nitty gritty of why her face got used. Yeah, yeah they just, weird. they took it out of the mortuary and masks made from it went on general sale. Because death People masks are very popular. I know yeah. is very famous for them because of Madame Trousseau's. Mm-hmm. you know Madame i saw a, a death mask of i think um is it boris karloff he played really? vampires mm-hmm. a lot of and different universal like, monsters he it, there was a death mask of his face uh in an oddity shop here in cincinnati is the out in loveland and wow. I, <laughs> I was just like that poor man I'm like he he didn't consent to that. <laughs> oh, I mean does that's an interesting actor. Does it? It just it kind of it creeps me out because he didn't. I don't know if he agreed to that or not. <laughs> no, I mean that's kind of how I was feeling about this. It's sort of like is your face property of whoever after you've died or what? I mean that's an interesting discussion. The legality of all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know that much about it, but you know i know boris karloff's family is very protective of his likeness so maybe that's why um i know another famous american death mask is that of abraham lincoln's so we can totally look into the history of death masks yeah that sounds like a really interesting topic yeah yeah agreed all right but at least this woman hundred years of war she lives on and according to the article that i pulled up it's the same one that you were reading from 2.5 billion lives around the world have been saved because of this woman so she did good way into the afterlife i just wish they could have found out who she was yeah 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 i did not know that she was suspected to be a suicide victim so yeah that yeah, makes yeah, it more I'd... poignant yeah she i think was only 16 she's young too young yeah. Too, too young yeah and if you read the article there's a picture of her dead face on it <laughs> yeah yes, I, saw, so. I saw that um and a we'll little bit of a warning for yes. people yes it, i'm so sorry <laughs> it's it's smack right it's top of the fold right underneath the yep. title there is her actual face so just warning for you listeners out there who may be a little bit sensitive to that all right, so we were going to talk about things people do at Christmas and then yeah, talk a little com- bit about ghost stories and that sort of thing. Um, did we want to start with our own personal things? We can talk about our own personal stuff. I was about to say it'd be quite a flip of the, uh, of the narrative here to go from death mask 16-year-old to pickles on a Christmas tree. <laughs> well... You know, that's just the nature. We, we've just we've just crossed the road to being like the Today <laughs> Show. We, 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 we've crossed over to like the Today Show. Like they would do that, you know. Next up, you know, first death masks. Next up, we're going to be talking to the star of the new movie, Happy Something. You know, I don't know. 
sticky pudding pops. It's in your kitchen. That will kill you. Yeah, exactly. That's what Next it is. Next up, Christmas carols. I know. So see, we the, the it works. It works. We've just, you know, it's it's variety for real. Yeah. Um, okay. We could start with our own and then move on to the internationally known ones. Well, you know, we asked a lot of people, and and we are going to be talking about the pickles on the Christmas tree because so many people wrote me and said we do the pickle on the Christmas tree every year, and I think it's German. My family's German. Several people were like, my family's German, and we actually found out what it is it's not german but yeah you know, it's very american we've really. got the scoop yes yes stay tuned <laughs> you have to deal with our or you have to deal oh no you have to listen to, <laughs> you have our to own family stories first this is this is the clickbait you have to wait oh. to hear about our family stories first so who yeah do you want to go first cat and then jen and sure i, I it's so since it is the holiday season and a lot of families aren't exactly able to get together, at least maybe participate in some of these traditions, um, just to feel a little bit more cozy. So with my family, what we do every Christmas Eve is watch White Christmas starring Bing Cosby and uh, um, let's see, Danny Kay. Oh, Clooney's mother. <laughs> Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary Clooney. And I forgot the last. His aunt. Yeah, that's Clooney's his aunt. aunt. Yeah. You're Rosemary. right. Rosemary. His mother. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge mural of her actually in Cincinnati wearing one of the dresses from White Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a famous mural. Um, it's right off of Central Parkway, I believe, of mm-hmm. Rosemary Clooney. And then I cannot remember the fourth member of the cast, but she's a fantastic dancer. Vera, Vera, something. This is my all-time favorite Christmas movie. Uh, I used to watch it all the time as a kid. I can't remember her last name, but her first name is Vera, and I think she is also from the area. She's from Norwood. That's right. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let me look. Bing Cosby, Rosemary Clooney. Um. It keeps cropping her out vera ellen vera ellen there you go yeah Yeah. so yeah vera ellen who's from norwood so we have a lot of cincinnati (laughs) locals in this movie half the cast is from the cincinnati tri-state area um because rosemary clooney is from northern kentucky if i remember right Uh, augusta yes yep so it's just a cute movie it's so 1955 with the colors used and the dresses and the skirts and all of that and my favorite is still Danny Kaye and Bing Cosby singing Sisters that is just watching Bing crumble at Kaye's comedy level in that particular act is Mm -hmm. just fantastic and I remember seeing it I think it was on Empty Nest like again like they did a version of it Wow, I'm dating myself on that show. But anyway. I loved that show. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who watched it. Watched it all the time. It was a spinoff of Golden Girls. It was a spinoff of Golden yeah. Girls, which I also watched a lot. But mm-hmm. I remember they did a version of Sisters on Empty Nest. And I remember like turning to my parents going, I know this reference. Anyway, so it warms my heart. You watch it a lot, Jen. You know, I watched it repeatedly as a kid because I just, I loved the costume and the dancing and the singing and uh, I have a sister and um, 
I don't watch Christmas. I, as I got older, you know, I grew up in the nineties child of grunge. I mean, I got a little, I hate Christmas. You got I still don't really celebrate it until like the day of, but every once in a while I will get a hankering to watch it. And it may be in the middle of summer. It just, but yeah, that's what I love Danny Kaye in that movie. And yeah, Rosemary he's... God, all of them. Choreography took me a long time to appreciate until mm-hmm. I was an adult. And then now I, I, I love it. I think it's one of my favorite music acts behind Sisters. It's just, yeah. especially when you compare it to like the Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals and how mm-hmm. they would do this breakdown of modern dance in the middle of the musical. Oklahoma, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you. Where is this <laughs> random, suddenly interpretive dance? an interpretive song and colors mm-hmm. and it just does not fit but in choreography in this since they're making fun of it with danny k mm-hmm. i love it so it took me a long time to appreciate that number yeah so the well, other thing we do oh. oh sorry go ahead jen no i was just gonna say i was always fascinated by vera allen when she did the the tap oh gosh yeah fat, and the camera goes and, and how tiny she was but i'm like how can she move like that like fitness fitness so (laughs) i showed this movie to my sister-in-law a few years ago back when you know families could get together the before times and yeah vera ellen her weight immediately strikes people they're just like holy crap she's thin yes Mm -hmm. she was a tiny person just like audrey hepburn was a tiny person and I think they had her waist really cinched up so she looked even smaller and there's a lot of anorexia rumors which her family tries their best to dispel that woman if she had anorexia would not be able to dance the way she does no I mean I can't even imagine how many hours they spent on set she's just muscle doing those you can't you can't keep weight on doing that no so go if you want to go see white christmas it is quite a time capsule of a movie it is quite america 1955 hollywood's idealistic version of it mm-hmm. but it, it's just yeah it it it's it cheers me up it may cheer you up the other thing we do in our family is make cheese strudel so um on christmas day um now i get to do it because i'm the lady of the house but my mom used to wake up early and make the cheese strudel before everyone else came down to open gifts because we open gifts on christmas day and um when i was really young i was allowed to open one gift at christmas eve but now um, i i wake up early and make a a cheese strudel and we also fill it with a strawberry or raspberry preserves so it's very that good. Sounds so we, delicious. It's I know, so good. It's really good. very, very rich. Do not look at the calorie content. And <laughs> um, but we eat the entire thing throughout the day. It does not keep at all. So um, we eat that while opening gifts. And that's mm-hmm. what we do. Nice. That sounds really fun. Uh, and what do you do, Jen? Well, um, it's changed throughout the years. Like as a kid, it, it was just my mom, my sister and I, and my brother came along when I was nine and, you know, she used to do everything and would get all excited and 
uh, we used to open the one gift on, on Christmas Eve and then do it all in the morning. But as we got older and we moved here, my parents own, owned a restaurant. So Christmas Eve was always super busy. So when I was a teenager, we would all work that night and we would close early and then we would come home and then at midnight we would open our presents oh. so we could sleep in the next day. Right. And so <laughs> that, that kind of continued as we got older, like through college and in my twenties and thirties. And then with my mom being sick, she couldn't do everything that she wanted to um, these past few years. So now it's started to re- revert back a little bit to my sister because she has the kids and now it's and it's changing this year because my mom died this year so not to bring it down but it so I don't really know (laughs) what our traditions are going to be they're changing again but we always used to do the Christmas Eve at night or the presents at night we'd sleep in in the morning my mom would cook Mm-hmm. all this stuff we would have breakfast casserole with a ton of sausage and cheese oh, wow. and yeah. uh cheese ball and Chex Mix and oyster crackers and cookies 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 my mm-hmm. mom started making cookies in flipping September and <laughs> my god we always had cookies and my sister <laughs> this year was like I'm gonna have all the recipes we I, we always end up throwing them away I'm like but I want leftover cookies till January. <laughs> yeah, you kind of need those. Like Mike's mom actually sent us three boxes of cookies. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So we have we already have cookies. And I was like, I was gonna make cookies too. So that I know. Some could play with yeah. not play well, with maybe you could freeze maybe but. you could freeze them if if there's ones you don't want to eat. The, yeah. no, they're all yeah. good. We're gonna eat them I all. Know, Are you right? kidding? You have to. <laughs> So was there a, was there a movie you your family watched together every year? Um well when we when it was just my my mom, my brother and my sister and I before she met my stepdad or even when she married my stepdad he was never there because he was always working at the restaurant. But we would go to my grandma's and we would spend, you know, like the weekend before or after Christmas with the cousins and the aunts and uncles and we would all sit my grandma's one TV. We were all on the floor with her popcorn made in the stir crazy covered with tons Oh my of gosh, salt. I forgot about stir crazies. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we would watch a Christmas story. Oh yes. Every year. Every yeah, year. We watch that with Troy's parents every year. No. Yeah. I have a we stir don't crazy. watch it. <laughs> Bad person. No, <laughs> although I haven't so, watched it, I haven't watched it in years. We watched it I last just, year. We watch it every yeah. year because they run it twenty-four hours, and that's yeah. true. That's true. So yeah. fun things is that I think it's supposed to take place in Hammond, Indiana, mm-hmm. and which was not too far away from where I grew up, but it was shot outside of Cleveland. Yeah, you could visit the house. <laughs> you can visit the house. So, yes. Yes. and my family is from Cleveland. So mm-hmm. we had that played to death in our house. My dad ah. loved it. So to yeah. this day, I can't watch it, but. <laughs> I, I so, still enjoy it. I, I like it when we watch it at Troy's parents' house. Mm-hmm. My uncle has the leg lamp. Nice. He also has in their downstairs bathroom, which, you know, the guests use has a little leg lamp nightlight 
<laughs> in the bathroom. So yeah, it's a it's a big th- family. Well, that's so, good. It's a good it's a good movie yeah. to do that. Like yeah. Mike's family loves Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation. That one's so, also funny. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. So that one, White Christmas and Christmas Vacation, get watched back to back at mm-hmm. at least on Christmas Eve. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's their family stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I prefer the funny movies over the sappy ones. Like I cannot yeah. stand Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street or nope. um, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Nope. Can't can't. I just. I, I want to punch people when I watch it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, people gonna... are screaming at us when they're listening or watching us. Like, how could you not like Miracle? It's a wonderful yeah. life, Miracle 34th Street. Like, yeah. okay. You, before you... we go into mine, I, yeah, I'm gonna run on and give the cat the pill. So I'm gonna mute, okay. and I'll be back in about five minutes. Okay. So, okay. So, we can so, reminisce yeah. about White Christmas. Well, you well, know, I, you I, guys. Tell you, have Rosemary Clooney's house is a museum now? And I they did not the, know that. Mm-hmm, they have the sister dresses there. Oh, wow! It just blew out everyone's ears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, everyone. I've been, I've been wanting to go and uh, see it. Yeah, they after she passed away, they turned her house into a museum. Oh, fun! Yeah. That, yeah. That, when when everything clears up, we should totally go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I loved. I poorly loved... performed sisters. Sisters, I, sisters. I sound like Danny Kaye just singing it. Yeah, I can't. I am not even. Gonna I can't try. do it straight. One, it has to be that way. I can't remember the words at the moment, but no one wants to hear so, me sing. There have never been such devoted sisters. Devoted sister. uh, yeah, I can't remember. But all God the helps a sister that comes between me and my man yeah yeah god help the mister who gets between me and my sister and lord help the sister that gets me between me and my man okay that's it i'm sorry everyone (laughs) i don't usually sing for people i played instrument (laughs) there is an audio treat for you somewhere in this time frame uh, well i, I hope probably... you enjoy it and i want to see your reaction when you find it oh I, i'm looking forward to watching it now i mean i'll probably keep it in um, oh please do <laughs> it, way, it Kat, was great every time you you nod your head your your ears i know so my little antlers and there's a little bell uh-huh. And for those viewing, all of us are wearing Christmas themed attire. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen has a wonderful Santa hat, as does mm-hmm. Christina, but I couldn't find mine. So I'm wearing my dog's reindeer ears. <laughs> and you can tell how big my dogs are they're because so their reindeer ears fit onto my head. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I guess I could talk about what I did for Christmas. Yes. yes growing up um i mean we are i think everybody kind of has an evolving christmas mm-hmm. sort of thing um like we added elf yes i mean elf, one of yeah. our favorite one of our favorite christmas movies is bell book and candle uh which takes place at christmas but it's not really about christmas it's about a witch that but it stars kim novak and um 
you know, same as in, in um, It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart. And it's about a witch who on Christmas Eve bewitches a man in her apartment building to fall in love with her. And so it's a, it's a, it takes place at Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas story. No. And actually, one of our family's favorite things is to watch the, um, we love all the Christmas Carol movies. So there's a musical one that's really good. Actually, my very favorite adaptation of the Christmas Carol is the Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol. Um, not only is it an accurate, fairly accurate interpretation, but I love the musical aspects of it. And actually, the one of the leads in it was uh, Jack Cassidy, uh, the father of Sean Cassidy. And what's the other famous Cassidy? There's two. John, uh, Sean Cassidy and his brother, which David. they were both. Huh? David Cassidy. David Cassidy. Right. <laughs> From the Partridge family. Yeah. He probably yeah. is a little bit. Now we're all dating ourselves. But his father, Jack Cassidy, is who plays uh, the the um, lead in that. So uh, it, I, the Mr. Magoo, Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol is not only excellent, the art book about the animation is really good. Um, it's, it's just a great adaptation. I also love a lot of the Rankin-Bass stuff. Uh, my favorite oh, yeah. is The Year Without a Santa Claus. That's another great musical one. Um, a little bit weird. The Rankin Bass stuff kind of went off the rails in a lot of great ways. I mean, we, we were talking about who, and, and this kind of segues a little bit into traditions uh, that have been started by marketing campaigns. We were talking about how Santa, how he looks, is most envisioned by Thomas Nast's illustrations in the 1800s. And, you know, like you were talking about Coca-Cola and different ads kind of crystallized what we think of as christmas stuff to today well um, he's wearing the red suit because of coca-cola mm. well um the red suit also trades and, and i have an article traces back to um mushroom lore now they're well, saying there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh nor northern traditions that involve the eating of uh, yeah. mushrooms hallucinogenic mushrooms and reindeers and stuff like that which is kind of cool too i mean a lot of times you see these these myths that you pull out of context that are mm -hmm. based i mean they're now saying almost all religious stuff that's another discussion is based on getting high with psychedelics um nice. that's a different discussion maybe a, a whole episode <laughs> um, we can do another two bottle night with james exactly um, and then the other, now we're having all this cat action since I just gave my cat. I've noticed that. It's like, like, there's, there's a cats, cat. There's cats everywhere now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, our, our, um, Christmas celebration, I don't feel like we, I mean, we always had the glockenspiel, which is the, the, the little, um, with the candles that you light the four candles and it makes the little spinning thing. My oh, grandma yeah. used to have a really okay. fancy wooden one that my uncle had brought her from when they lived in Bavaria when he was getting his PhD. And that was always fun. We used to make candles every year. My mom was very crafty. So we would yeah. uh, make, ho uh, make uh, holiday candles every year, like Santas and angels. And I remember playing, having fun playing in the wax. We used to make our own ornaments. We used to paint ornaments a lot. Um, and then we each, each my brother and I, uh, before... Uh, my youngest sibling was born um, we often would get a tree at night so we had a gift under our tree in our bedroom so we'd leave our parents alone so they could sleep in uh, and I guess this is sort of maybe an adapted 70s things we on uh, Christmas Eve we would always have uh, shrimp and fondue we'd make cheese fondue Ooh. and eat that so that perhaps is and we still do it unfortunately we're not doing it this year 
but um that's one of my favorite things because i love fondue so um but i it's kind of a mishmash of traditions um you know we aren't terribly religious anymore i mean when i was young we were catholic raised catholic so we would go to mass you know and all mm -hmm. that stuff but we don't have to do that anymore <laughs> but when we were young we used to do the whole thing christmas carols and mass and you know all that stuff. yeah yeah like we yeah. would go to church on christmas eve um so i'm protestant so we didn't necessarily we have a mass at midnight but there's also mass they're not even masses they're called services yeah. <laughs> we had one earlier always so we did that we we never went to my mom was raised catholic but then she converted to buddhism so we <laughs> we didn't do wow. church stuff <laughs> yeah suddenly <laughs> it's very different yeah. way to relate to jesus when <laughs> when you're buddhist i know but we still kept that christmas tree and angels yeah. and all of it <laughs> I, I think everybody likes the the comfort of that tradition with the with the yeah. you know uh, tree and angels which the tree is mm -hmm. is and you were talking about yule and, and you know mm -hmm. a lot of these are adaptations of more pagan traditions mm -hmm. that sort of i mean almost every uh what is it like even with fairy tales like if you study fairy tales the story of cinderella is all over the world in different forms like all of mm -hmm. these stories have such ancient origins they think that they're much older and so a lot of aspects to things that we celebrate now we have no idea where they came from and you know who knows maybe it was a marketing thing like in the 1100s or something well, like christmas trees i was doing some uh, research for tonight's show the amount that queen victoria's family had and um just oh what is it not emphasis just ah they they were trendsetters in, the, mm -hmm. in victorian london and queen victoria's husband was from germany and he brought in the christmas tree into the house so then it became very fashionable for other people in hmm. england to bring in christmas trees into their houses yes that's so right. that's they, they basically reintroduced the tradition which originally was just dramatic folk uh dramatic pagan religion because you're bringing in the green evergreens to make sure the greed man keeps mm -hmm, mm -hmm. propagating throughout the year and then like tonight is yule is when we're filming it which is basically a pagan festival of lights you want to mm -hmm. keep your lights on to preserve the sun so that it comes back in the spring so that's why we're lighting the yule logs and all that and my mom made really nice advent calendars for all of us. She would make them out of felt and glue them together. They're really nice Aww. artistic pieces. So we each had an advent calendar and every day of the month, we'd get our candy off the advent. You know, we'd tie all the candy to it. We did a lot of stuff, actually. Now the yeah, advent really calendar, cute. you know, and we used to have the, in addition to the glockenspiel uh, with, the, with the little thing where the heat makes it spin, I mm -hmm. mean, a, a big Catholic thing is having the four candles that you light each week before, mm -hmm. uh, the, like there's three purple this ones. Advent. And one, yeah, the Advent uh, wreath, I guess is what it's mm -hmm. called. Um, and so, The three you know, purple just, and the one white candle. Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was fun as a kid to, you know, sing Christmas carols and go out. We used to go caroling and, you know, a lot of stuff like that. That I, I, don't, I think people still do a lot of those sorts of things, probably not so much this year. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we... we did a lot of that sort of thing leading up to christmas mm -hmm. yeah i can't so. stand christmas music <laughs> sorry 
I'm sorry. I've been discouraging my family pretty much since the time I was 16. So sorry. <laughs> I don't like modern Christmas music, if that makes sense. Mm. Like the 50s ones where they're all doo-woppy is fun because yeah. it's just a, it's not something you hear anyone do anymore. But yeah. Speaking of fun and unique twists on Christmas traditions, we will start with pickles on a Christmas tree, which Christina, you did a lot of work this past week collecting stories and learning about pickles on Christmas trees. Well, it's one of those things you said you had done it, didn't you? Uh, both of you had been involved with having a pickle on the tree. and Yes, mm-hmm. that, that was one of my family's uh, traditions was my mom would hide the pickle and <sighs> that doesn't sound like a euphemism for anything anyway no <laughs> um so she would hide the pickle in the tree and there was a special gift for whomever would find it and it was always between my dad or i and then when mike got in the picture it it became a three-way oh wow uh, <laughs> this is starting to be like a fraser episode <laughs> All right. So yeah, somebody would win. It was usually some chocolate or the last piece of strudel or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's a really, I mean, that's something we never did. I mean, after listing all the stuff we did, you know, painting ornaments and, yeah. and, and and decorating cookies and, and making candles, we never did have the pickle thing. So yeah, um, I guess we just didn't shop enough at Woolworths, which is what it turns out. And it's interesting because so many people have been like, um, and and you know your many people's families have in the area have come from germany and stuff but unfortunately the pickle ornament is not from their german traditions and they don't do <gasps> they don't do a pickle ornament in germany um apparently uh woolworths had a lot of uh vegetable blown glass ornaments and it was a marketing this actually should probably go in a marketing textbook because it probably isn't one because people buy you know there was a way to sell them they come came up with a story behind them there was some sort of story um about uh world war one and and um let, let me look this up it uh let me get to the website um a true story or a fictional one it this sounds is, like it was fictional actually okay um it was all blown hot air yeah, I mean, one German, uh, it says another version of the pickle ornament tradition says that the first adult who finds a pickle, well, this is what happens, but they said it had something to do with um, a soldier. Uh, there was a legend, which there's always, it really, is this an urban? Are yeah, you control herself tonight? <laughs> the first adult who finds the pickle handed it the tree. This is, well, there were a lot of key parties in the 70s, so maybe pickle parties were. Well, why the pickle? Why? Why, why was it a pickle? Um, you know, well, at least it wasn't a I, banana. Or a carrot. A no. They, I mean, it, it, there was one thing here where it had something to do with... Pickle juice on an open wound? That would sting. That really would why? sting. Like, why did they use like holly berries? Like, like, okay, no, that would look worse. 
Think about blown holly berries on a Christmas tree. Okay, here, uh, there are two far-fetched stories linking the pickle to Christmas. One features a fighter in the American Civil War who was born in Bavaria, an area which is now Germany. He was a prisoner and starving. He begged a guard for one last pickle before he died. Now, (laughs) no laughing cat. The guard took pity on him and gave the pickle to him. The pickle gave him mental and physical strength to live on. The other story is linked to St. Nicholas. It's a medieval tale of two Spanish boys traveling home from boarding school for the holidays when they stopped at an inn for the night. The evil innkeeper killed the boys and put them in a pickle barrel. That evening, St. Nicholas stopped at the same inn, found the boys in the barrel, and miraculously brought them back to life. Mm. There is an old legend about St. Nicholas rescuing boys from a barrel, but the barrel was originally holding meat for pies, not pickles. So it's most likely that an ornament salesman with a lot of spare pickles to sell invented the legend of the Christmas pickle. So it says the city of Berrien Springs, Michigan, also known as Christmas pickle capital of the world, has an annual pickle festival held during the early part of December. So um, really, this kind of fits into your uh, classic lore of an urban legend, sort of, you know, yeah. no flaming skulls, mm-hmm. but I think that we should add one to the Christmas pickle story. Christmas think would be much improved with a flaming skull. I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. That yeah. has to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like That's if... how they were brought back to life. They were set on fire. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm sure I mean, a lot of legends are, are sometimes can be something innocuous like this. Um yeah you know but but it sounds like a lot of people sort of made up their own sort of saint nicholas Mm -hmm. thing it's but i you know if if you do that every year with christmas don't let that diminish your enjoyment of no Uh -uh. yeah (laughs) you know it's just one of those things that you know when you look into them it it turns out i mean that's probably true of a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um you know we're not talking about easter at the moment but you know a lot of the easter bunny stuff was kind of linked to fertility rituals yes yeah now that i think about Mm. it i think the ornament my mom does have is from barian springs Mm. because we're like where i grew up it's not that far away from it so yeah yeah Yeah. so you know that makes it really exciting um you know i suppose i suppose it could be you know segueing into this next thing about um you know, people that theorize that Santa and the reindeer all have to do with getting high on psychedelic mushrooms. Um, Christmas is turning into a really strange party. (laughs) I know. Well, you know, (laughs) probably a lot of it had to do with with the solstice and end of harvest and you know a lot of yeah, those sorts so of things. many different cultures celebrate the solstice this has always been an important day in mm-hmm. human civilization no matter what continent you're on but apparently we got shrooms santa and pickles so yes yes uh, i was just rocking things. yeah <laughs> Well, uh, the the we have a um, pooping log later. So the Amanita muscaria mushroom, which you see a lot of times in fairy art, like I'm a big fan of Victorian fairy paintings and stuff. And those they're the really pretty white mushrooms with the red cap with little oh, white yeah. spots on them. Those mm-hmm. uh, get mm-hmm. you. Those are the Mario mushroom. Uh-huh. Yeah, they they they're hallucinogenic. <laughs> and um, you know they said that they that 
the, the flying reindeer can be traced to an unlikely source, hallucinogenic or magic mushrooms. Santa is a modern counterpart of the shaman who consumed mind-altering plants and fungi to commune with the spirit world. Um, and it says that Arctic shaman gave out mushrooms on the winter solstice. According to one theory, the legend of Santa derives from shaman in the Siberian Arctic regions who dropped into locals teepee-like homes with a bag full of hallucinogenic mushrooms as presents in late December, Rush said. As the story goes, up to a couple hundred years ago, these practicing shaman or priests connected with the older traditions would collect the uh, Amanita muscaria holy mushrooms and dry them and then give them as gifts on the winter solstice. And it says that the mushrooms live under pine trees. Um, and it says reindeer were the shaman spirit animals. And they said that they think that, and they said the shaman dressed kind of like Santa Claus. They were in a red fur coat. And the mushrooms abound in Christmas iconography. And they said that Rudolph's nose resembles a bright red mushroom. Now, when you talk about Rudolph as mushroom imagery, I, I don't think, I think Rudolph is a pretty re recent invention yeah. as well. I think that, that, you know, some of the stuff might be coincidental too. I mean, I think that this, some of these articles perhaps attribute a lot um but perhaps that's how any kind of legend starts you know there's a grain of truth and then you know we kind of say oh well this is related to this and it's like well you know rudolph i think was also like the names of the reindeer were attributed to the thomas nast uh writings that they did in the 1800s for was it for macy's let me see i think i pulled it was for a department store it sounds like macy's yeah, well, I mean, they that are Marshall the Fields. Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of you know recent imagery too that's kind of played on these earlier uh, images. Uh, but there's, I'm sure, if you do a lot of research, there are a lot of uh, packed into those saints' days. You know, a lot of saints' days in Catholicism are repurposed uh, mm -hmm. pagan uh, celebrations mm -hmm. uh, that have been. And and it actually, when you think about it, when you were converting. Um, when you were converting people into a monotheistic tradition, um, you know, it's nice to kind of push all their gods into saints and say, this is the patron saint of this instead of this is the God of this. Right. You know, so it was probably a little easier to convert people when you say, well, you don't have this God of this anymore, but you have the saint of this now. Right. Hmm. Hindu and voodoo. I am looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see, what do we have next? Uh, but I, I think I, I love this sort of, uh, you know, one thing that has always interested me about these Northern myths and Santa Claus is also certain fairy tales. Like if you read the Snow Queen, uh, you have the lap woman living in her little hut and, uh, you know, you have the main character in that eating food that makes her forget. And that's very fairy lore tradition, you know, very, you know, embedded with these sort of hallucinogenic. And there's like little, um, you know, bits of fairy lore in a lot of fairy tales, uh, dealing with hallucinogenic stuff, lost time, you know, that are kind of random. And then it's kind of interesting because certain fairy tales then sort of glom on sort of a Christian tradition on top of these old pagan myths. Right. You know, with people ha having lost time and eating foods that make them forget and seeing weird things. But then, oh, there's Jesus. Yeah, it right. can also be spirited away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, Jesus, tells... the original zombie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which Those is... are jokes for Easter. <laughs> Sorry. 
did you want to talk about uh, the Yule log? Oh yes, I can. I can go a little bit into the Yule log. Um, <laughs> did I? I think I forgot to. Did I put it on here? Yeah, it's no. it's 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 down. Uh, scroll down before the Walker of the Snow. There is it says after Yule I'm log. sorry, I posted a lot of stuff about hallucinations. Yeah. You were probably like, so, what's she doing? Yeah, I just have one tiny link and you're like, me, where's all the all this mushroom stuff here? No, nah, that's fine. Uh let's see. Where did my pooping Yule log go? Oh, I got too many no things open and we're totally going to cut this out. All right. I don't know. I kind of like that song. It sort of gets us into the Christmas spirit. I mean, people say that people don't bring into break into song, but they really do. Oh, I do all the time. I make my own little theme songs too. Nice. Like it's, yeah. So I want to share with you the wonderful story of the Catalan Yule log and its name is Tio de Nadel and I'm sorry everyone that speaks Spanish or Catalan I do not and I'm going to butcher everything so I love this little Yule log it is not the Christmas treat that many of us such as Jen know about which was that cream filled log that you eat at during the holiday season, this is an actual log with a face painted on it, a little blanket placed over the back end. And on Christmas day, you beat that log and tell it to poop. <laughs> this is a weird episode, everyone. Mm -hmm. And that this does is... what? <laughs> What's that for? <laughs> it is Why? <laughs> a character from Catalan mythology relating to Christmas tradition of widespread Catalonia, widespread Catalonia in some regions of Aragon. So Aragon would be Catherine of Aragon, the wife, first wife of King Henry VIII. Anyway, a similar tradition exists in other places. Um, and uh, let's see, I cannot pronounce those things to save my life. So Sac de Nadel, or in Aragon, it's known as Tizon de Nadel or Tosa. So, ha, huh, in Catalonian homes during the holiday season is a howdot log with 30, which is about 30 centimeters long. And like I said, they put a little face on it and they name it Tio. And it stands up on little stick legs. And like I said, they put a little blanket over it. And um, let's see. Oh, and I like this. It also notes enhanced with a litter of red, like a little sock hat that they put on top of it to make it very festive. Um, this is awesome. Yeah. I, are you looking up photos of uh, your No, logs? I'm reading the song. Oh, yes. <laughs> we may have to bleep out the song a well, little yeah, bit. <laughs> um let's see so uh beginning on the feast of the immaculate conception which is december 8th uh one gives tio uh the a little bit to eat every night as and then usually covers him up with a blanket so he will not be cold um yes they have gendered this log the story the story goes that in the days preceding christmas children must take good care of the log keeping it warm and feeding it so it will defecate presents on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day in some households or on Christmas Eve and others, they put Tio partly into the fireplace 
and order it to defecate. I, I think that uh, this is a tradition I wish I had kids for to start. Yeah, just I to would sing, totally... just, to, just to sing the song. Yeah. Uh, the, the translation fire... is here and it's yeah. great. Yeah, the Seems fire awfully part... abusive. Poor yes. log. This poor log. <laughs> the fire part of this tradition is no longer as widespread as it once was. It's in many modern homes do not have a fireplace. To make it defecate, one beats Tio with sticks while singing various songs of Tio de Nadal. Their tradition says that before beating Tio and all all the kids have to leave the room and go to another place of the house to pray, asking for Tio to deliver lots of presents. Nowadays, this praying tradition has been left behind. <laughs> Still, children go into a different room, usually the kitchen, to warm their stick next to a fire. This makes the perfect excuse for the relatives to trick to do to just to put the presents underneath the log or into the log, so that when the kids are banging it, they fall out. Um, so, and of course, because you're sticking presents into a log, the presents aren't necessarily large, but I'm sure larger presents do get given that magically appear next to the log. So the, the song that Christina has noted is very short, but sweet. Uh, the song, there is a song that is sung during the celebration after hitting Tio softly with a stick during the song, it is hit harder on the words Kaga Tio. Then some, somebody puts their hand under the blanket and takes a gift. The gift is opened and then the song begins again. There are many different variations of the song and the following are some examples. And on the Wikipedia article that I'm reading, it gives us a, a portion of a song. It's really great. So, I wish I knew what, what the tune was. Yeah, I do too. I, I kind of... We'll see. I'll see if I can find one on YouTube and put a link. Yeah. Because uh, maybe there is somebody singing it. But the translation is basically poop log, poop nougats, hazelnuts, and matto cheese. If you don't poop well, I'll hit you with a stick. Poop log. <laughs> there, there, I mean, I, I, I wish that we'd had this tradition. It's, it's cool. But it is, so it, Mr. Hanky isn't far. It, it, it's, it is kind of a Mr. Hanky kind of thing, isn't it? It's, it's a mixture. It's like a pinata, basically. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> honestly, in the end, it's really no, no stranger than putting a pickle in a tree and mm -hmm. rewarding whoever finds it first, or putting treats in shoes overnight next to a fireplace or even filling stockings full right. of treats these are all when you look at it objectively strange mm -hmm. traditions that we've all adopted so uh are there any well, it's, well, that's what they had then like it's not like they could go to the store and yeah pick up whatever you know they had to make stuff yeah <laughs> are so there... hmm are there other like comparative religion like you you're very familiar with Japanese do they have any sort of thing that is close to Christmas but I mean not even the same time like something that involves gift giving is there any sort of comparative so there's mythos? New Year's mm -hmm. there's New Year's um where you do gift give um and then you're going to have Obon which is the festival of the dead back in August parts of area or July where there can be gift giving then too. 
Um, and then if you're children, there's like Children's Day and, and there's special holidays for that. Um, but mostly New Year's is the big one because you're mm -hmm. looking at the sun and wanting it to come over the ocean. Um, if you're in Korea, Chuseok is given, there's a lot, it's more like a, a mixture of Christmas and Thanksgiving from what I understand, um, from what friends have told me, where you, friends and families will get together, have big meals and share gifts, but it's not exactly on par with Christmas. And a lot of these places, not that it's lesser, it's just, it, oh, there are, you get mooncakes and everything. I'm gonna say it's on par. I'm gonna retract that statement. It's just as important as Christmas. And a lot of these areas have adopted Christmas as a fun reason to celebrate during the winter time. Before yeah, I was going to say it's it's fairly popular around the world now. I mean, you one know. of the ones that I was looking through so many different websites about strange or weird holiday traditions, and really, who's to say what's strange or weird? But mm -hmm. so, of course, the Yule log because it's defecating presents makes it on the top of these lists every single time. Yeah, it's <laughs> silly, but it's fun. Let people well, have goes fun. Goes to show you, poop is always funny. Yes, it is. It, is. it, it is. was always funny. But the yeah. other thing that gets pointed out is that people in Japan eat KFC at Christmas time. It's just a talking about marketing again. KFC was introduced in like the late 60s, early 70s to Japan. And yes, indeed, when I lived there, we had KFC or something equivalent on Christmas Eve. And then Aww. we also had a what would be a strawberry cake, not like a it's like a massive strawberry shortcake on steroids. It, it, it was Ooh. huge. It was full of uh, cream and it was very good. Um, and they would layer it with strawberries in between and would have like a whipped frost frosting. Yum. So those were the two yeah. staples. And yes, I did eat that while I lived over there. And no, I don't feel guilty at all. It was delicious. Yeah. 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 There's so, no reason to feel guilt. No, but New Year's is definitely the big one in mm -hmm. east asia and then uh you also have uh, uh listed here some other interesting things and uh, you know I, I think we have actually a couple hometown haunts so we can kind of talk Yay. about the tradition of giving uh or telling ghost stories around christmas as, as we had talked about uh that it's a common uh, some native americans are celebrating sort of a day of the dead kind of thing where they tell ghost stories and how the veil is supposed to be thin this time of year. So telling ghost stories, and obviously not beyond the Dickens, you know, yeah, it, it's a time of reflection and that sort of thing. And you know, it, perhaps it has to do with if you're getting around with family, people are discussing old family members, and perhaps that's why celebrating the dead might be hand in hand with this. This is also the longest night of the year, yes. which lends itself to ghost stories, and which which. Which popular Christmas song talks about telling scary ghost stories in the lyrics? I forget which one it is. I don't know, but I have one of the, I, I posted, somebody had given me, and somebody has uh, made a modern song based on this poem from the 1800s about a shadow walker that, or shadow mm. hunter that walks the midnight snow. And so that's kind of got a nice pagan feel to it. Um, you know, kind of a Celtic myth. Mm -hmm. uh, which actually might go and you were talking about the welsh wassailing tradition which wassailing we yeah. haven't really talked about either no um, we have not touched on wassailing 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah, a little whim- whimsical there. <laughs> yeah. Which there's not just thinking of a gigantic skull of a horse. So oh. anyway. Well, there's, you have a lot of interesting hunter stories in pagan traditions at this time of the year and solstice and stuff like the skeleton isn't there the uh, uh i don't know who you pronounce uh, um did you look okay. it up yeah i'm i'm looking and um so fadi yud yeah oh, really? fadi yud it's not an m sound which you would think looking at it it's a kind of v f sound so vadi yud um you so sounded yeah. like you had a welsh accent there <laughs> um <laughs> there's some part of me awakening now um well it's because the uh, antlers hern the hunter. it's all the antlers yes uh let You're me channeling i'm channeling sorry it's i don't know if you pronounce a lot of windows up it. right here no don't there we go so it it's basically <laughs> Um, a wassailing folk tradition in Welsh parts of the UK. And it's grown kind of like Krompus, where people go, well, that's a particular looking festive thing. And it looks very, very unique because they are taking the skull of a horse, putting ornaments in its eyes, putting a sheet over the back of its head and somebody rigs it to a pole and they go singing throughout the town and knocking on doors and singing and demand, well, basically demanding alcohol for their singing and wassailing. And wassail is a type of alcohol. I think it's like a spiced wine, if I remember right. So we've got a pooping log. We've got (laughs) Krampus who steals children. And then we have the skeletal horse. And something for uh, everyone. Something for everyone. (laughs) Well, there are parts of the United States have started to do it. One of them cited was in Los Angeles. They have the Variyud Society. And they, it's not just for Christmas. This is the thing. They will bring out the Variyud, um, at all points of like any festive thing uh, during the year, but it's mostly associated with the Christmas time or the Yuletide season. Mm-hmm. So, and the first recording of it, it is in around 1800. So it's, but it may be older than that. Many of these things are older than that. Um, yeah. You know, it just depends on when people thought it was worth recording. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff, probably the reason why maybe there wasn't great recording of it was its pagan origins, which the Catholic Church wasn't too cool about, uh, seeing as they killed a lot of people for being not Catholic or not product. You know, it's, it's so I, <laughs> I, I wonder if, like, one of the reasons maybe some of these were not as we don't know as much about is it's not like the catholic church probably encouraged you to talk about yeah, your wassailing tradition with skeletal heads um yeah you know, like, they probably looked down on, i mean yeah you know even a lot of the you know the what, what the crumpus looks like uh you know is very pagan and they mm-hmm. characterize that as the devil and and being evil and a lot of that was also demonizing the religious traditions of all these different tribes mm-hmm yeah so yeah that's that's my contribution it's a pooping log in a horse it's an awesome contribution Hmm. yeah it's i just love i like you i like that 
That <laughs> works. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, oh yes, and they believe that this is a folklorist E.C. Oh, Cot thinks that the original term Mary Lude may mean gray mare. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah that, there we go. And and uh, uh, one of, one of my friends gave me this poem uh, by Charles Dawson Shanley, who lived in the 1800s. About and I suspect that this is based on um, the Walker of the Snow is probably based on old myths and and maybe even some of this you know night hunters and that sort of thing. There's a couple Celtic and Gaelic myths about that sort of thing. Um, and so I think that this is related to that. And there's a, somebody put it to music, so I'll, I'll put the link so you can watch it on YouTube. It's a really neat song, mm-hmm. um, and and it, it it I think it even has a little bit about uh, spirited away. I mean, there's so many stories around the world about being taken by fairies and spirits, um, and a lot of these traditions relate to it. Um, you know, if you look at uh, not just not just uh, Christmas, but some of the other you know holiday traditions and stuff around the world for different. And even if you talk about musicals, Brigadoon is about a fairy city mm-hmm. that appears once every whatever years. I mean, you have all these, and I've just given the worst synopsis of Brigadoon ever. Um, but <laughs> it could go on that. It could go on on that thing where it was badly described TV shows. Or poorly like, described TV shows. <laughs> yes, uh, it's been a while since I've seen Brigadoon, but I just remember it kind of has that fairy theme to it. And I apologize, fans of the musical, um, for my butchering of it. But I, I, I find a lot of these traditions to be interesting just because they are so universal. Yeah, yeah. So I love them. I love how festive people have made the longest night of the year because before technology there wasn't once the sun went down it got cold well depending on where you're at but dark and spooky things happen in the dark for long periods of time so we've created all these wonderful stories to keep us entertained during it well and think about in um you know uh, the scandinavian countries this is starting a time of darkness all the time. There is no day. Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps that's all that has even more significance. Um, yeah. You know, places where you have the midnight sun, they also have the, you know, noon darkness. Mm-hmm. I think it does like, you have to be pretty far north for it to be dark all the time. It like you have sort of a twilight most mm-hmm. of the time there and that seems like that's very ripe for myth and mm-hmm. i would think that's kind of an interesting time to be somewhere where it never actually gets light mm-hmm. yeah i mean imagine that everything's by firelight then and so everything's sort of ensconced in shadow mm-hmm. and and maybe that's how you know people started telling ghost stories and stories of the dead and 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 you know, because a lot of times in firelight things seem to be shadows and yeah this spooky like yeah. this was really the original spooky season mm-hmm. and uh yeah you we've just made it super festive with lights and yeah. you're living antlers. in a, but if you're living in a skin hut by firelight for three months and eating mushrooms maybe <laughs> it becomes a really weird time that becomes a party <laughs> 
a crazy party. A crazy <laughs> party. <laughs> Having your mushrooms, wassail, and antlers. <laughs> so you said we had some hometown haunts. I do. Uh, and, and talk a little bit about um, England's history of telling ghost stories. I don't really have that stuff. I didn't get time to look at it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, there's. Uh, I kind of already touched on everything. So it is a tradition, and I think it's something we should do in the United States, telling ghost stories. So, um, you know, we're trying to do that every week here, but we do have a couple hometown haunts um, that somebody told me. And, you know, obviously this time of year, the veil is a little thinner and people hear from their, um, you know, loved ones or you have dreams about them. Um, if you scroll down, do you guys mm-hmm. want to read? Uh, they're both from the same person, um, and we're waiting. Somebody else had a haunt that we were, we might have him read. Okay. You tell us next week. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, this person, uh, who wants to read which? Do you want to start? I uh, can start. And then Jen, you want or you want to read the other one? Sure. It's at the end. Okay. So this is just love. Is that their name or their code name? Or I, I, I'm not sure if that's their real name or not. Uh, All right. So, like every week, we have our hometown haunt section. And if you'd like to participate, you can email us at cincycuriosities at gmail.com. For this week, we are sharing stories by a user named Love. So Love writes, my friend just died unexpected, unexpectedly on October Sorry, I'm going to redo that again because that was a confusing sentence. Okay. Love writes, my friend just died unexpectedly in October. Two days after his death, I was sitting downstairs at the computer and, comp- and it completely shut off. Screen went black and came back on. I yelled out to my kids as I am computer illiterate. Both of my daughters upstairs in separate rooms said that their lights flickered, but none of the lights downstairs flickered and the TV was fine. We are on separate breakers. This has never happened before in the 25 years I knew it was him letting me know he was okay. That's a very sweet story. Yeah. And then uh, you want to read this one, Jen? Mm -hmm. This one is also from Love. When my grandmother died when I was 13 shortly after her death I was laying in bed and suddenly there was a loud knock on the wall over my head it startled me so that literally the hair and on the back of my neck went up and I felt tingling I moved my bed thinking maybe I jolted in my sleep but when I did it there was space between my bed and the wall I pulled the blanket over my head and went to sleep a few days later I told mom what happened She just stared at me and said the same thing happened to her. She was taking her afternoon nap and heard a loud bang on the wall too. We both agreed it was grandma saying, I'm here and okay. You see, one must, you see, one must, one must be open for these experiences. Experiences, messages are everywhere for those who look and listen. It always makes me think of Beetlejuice where they said the living refuse to see the dead yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that will definitely uh, i'll um back that by saying when you're out on ghost hunts when you try to relate to the dead that you're trying to communicate to they tend to relate better when you're trying to talk to them just like normal like uh if 
a lot of times you listen back on audio and you'll start hearing people responding to questions or statements that you're making. Um, just, it, you're not even trying to prompt them to do anything. I know this is just a funny thing on a different ghost or not ghost on a paranormal investigation. We accidentally left our recorders running when we were trying to make our pizza order. And we have this little kid talking about what kind of pizza they want. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a cool story. What yeah. kind was it? What did they want? Do you remember? Um, I think they wanted pepperoni. Oh. And the fact that you get, it sounds really strange. It's like pepperoni like that. It, it's just out oh. of nowhere. Just when there's a long conversation, you hear this little kid say pepperoni. Well, I I'll have to find the audio sometime. I hope you left a piece of pizza for the ghost. Yeah. yeah. A little, little offering for goodwill yeah and so, one thing we didn't really aww. talk about this week that we'll have to investigate uh speaking of leaving food for ghosts is there's a lot of traditions uh, leaving cookies for santa for example that are also like leaving food for spirits or milk for fairies yeah. or you know that mm -hmm. uh, like there's to, one in portugal where they leave a place open for the dead at christmas christmas dinner Mm -hmm. Have you watched the Eurovision uh, movie on Netflix with Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell? No. It's based in Iceland about them competing in the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> There's a whole fairy theme in it. You should watch it. It's oh, I'll have to watch it's, it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Iceland is where they believe there's a lot of invisible people living and they actually will change construction sites and stuff if they think that they've angered the invisible fae there. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, there's cool. there's some pretty... Uh, and, and, and most people believe that there is like an unseen society that's living there of unseen people. I just heard something in the background of one of your houses. What did it was say? Was that pepperoni? Troy? It might have been. No, no he didn't say okay. anything. What did you hear? Was it was it, was it pepperoni? Or it could it, have been a cat meowing. Did it say get out? No, it went meow. Shut your mouth. And if it came from my house, I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> you'll have to listen back. There is a cat. There is a cat under my desk, but he's licking his paw right now. So okay. he meowed. But he might have. I don't know. It's funny because he'll, when he wants my attention. So last night I was painting and he reaches up and puts his paw on my shoulder and I about leapt out of my skin. It's like all of a sudden there's something on my shoulder and it's the cat um, saying, Mom, I need you to pay, do something. I'm here. I know, I know. But when you're not expecting it, it can be very shocking. I had oh, the my... same thing happen, but with my toddler. <laughs> so it was a real hand. I'm not used to that. This happened, started happening of quite a few months ago when he started walking and being able to grab things and i'd be like bent over we have a small mini refrigerator that's full of uh canned water basically seltzer water i was refilling it i was not expecting him and suddenly i get this hand on my shoulder and it's warm and i'm like what and i turn around and it's the toddler and i'm just seeing what i'm doing and i'm like i'm not used to this i'm not used to this <laughs> That's okay, funny. sorry, Jen. I think you were going to say something. Well, I was going to say my cat, she will be in the other room, either the living room or my bed, and she'll bellow, right? Yeah. Or she'll just suddenly meow really loud, loudly, and she wants my attention to go and pet her. And today, 
I didn't hear her come into my office and she would she just came in and stood in the door and went like really really loud and damn near gave me a heart attack like two or three times today I'm like Pat I have to work stop screaming at me but you know it's four o'clock it's time for her pets Oh, yeah, well, they yeah. don't care about your yeah. stupid human job. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. I mean, you have much and better I tell things her, to do. Kitty, I got to work if you want to continue to eat. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, My dogs are a- not that stealthy. They're 50 yeah. pounds of lumberingness, and they'll just come up, yeah. and then they just hop onto their hind legs and then smack me in the face no. <laughs> because they're terrible manners, and I've they won't listen to me. And correcting them yeah. has not worked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they none, they don't care. No. Oh, well, on that note, do. I guess <laughs> I guess uh, uh, everybody should have a nice holiday celebration. Yes. I know it's kind of Merry truncated Christmas. this year. I've been terrible about shopping and getting stuff done. There's gridlock at the post office, but oh, now goodness. I yes. want everybody mm-hmm. to like do this log thing and send us pictures of your log that you, your or send log. us stories of what your families do yes. during the holidays. It doesn't have to be too. Christmas and new year's because we'll be like, talking new yeah. year's next week yes mm-hmm. yes you know. um yeah there's a lot of holidays that happen in during this time and we love to hear what you all do to celebrate this time especially how have you changed it to accommodate 2020 this year like we're not seeing any mm-hmm. family we're here we have to do everything over zoom basically mm-hmm. so and we have a small little family, so not seeing each other really is uh, different. It's hard. So it's yeah. hard. And then yeah. if you've lost a loved one, I remember my mm-hmm. first Christmas without my dad was really difficult. So, mm-hmm. and this is really kind of the first Christmas that I don't have my mom physically here because she's in a care home. So, and she can't see anyone either. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a hard year for everyone. Yeah, it really yeah. has been. It's it's it really is a horrible, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, you know. So hopefully next year yeah. or next week will be sort of more optimistic. Mm-hmm. We have one more episode of the year, mm-hmm. so yes. so maybe we should yeah. bring next week's episode should involve sage and, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe next year <sighs> is going to be better. Yeah, yeah, we'll so. figure out something. Yes, exactly fingers crossed gosh I know. on that festive note it's yes. the end of our show thank you for joining us everyone for the cincinnati cabinet of curiosities hometown haunts i'm your host cat cloco along with jen kohler and christina wald you can follow us on social media uh we're at cincy curiosities at gmail.com to send us all your stories we're taking your hometown haunts and if you have festive things you want to talk about Send that in too. You can find us at was it Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter and Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram. And thank you for joining us. Happy thank holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy, Merry Christmas. Happy yes. Yuld. Happy all the holidays. Happy Solstice. Happy all the holidays. Happy Monday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Happy Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Bye.